In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. On today's feast day, Saint Patrick, the first reading echoes Saint Patrick's own words in his famous Confessions. It's from the prophet Jeremiah, who talks of his vocation. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you, I knew you. Before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you and made you a prophet to the nations. And I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am but a child. And the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a child, for you shall go to all that I shall send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. St. Patrick seems to have had the same uh, sense of his unworthiness and inability to preach the gospel and to make an impact on people as he did so, as Jeremiah had. He starts off his confession by saying, I, Patrick, a sinner, am a most uncultivated man, the least of all the faithful, and am greatly despised by many. And the interesting thing here is that he's not speaking as Jeremiah presumably was in telling that's telling his own story before he goes out to evangelize uh, the people. He's speaking after he has done so. And even seeing the great fruit, the great work that he's done here in this country, he still feels unworthy to be able to do such a thing. So his his humility, his sense that it's God who has to do this, even lasts after he has seen the, the great well, triumph, it's hard to call it anything else, that has happened through his work, through his life. Uh, most of us, when perhaps we, we might have that uh, attitude of, uh, of humility and um, perhaps a little bit of uh, anxiety before we take on something that seems to be beyond our powers. But then if it goes well, we can begin to feel, oh, well, actually, I, I wasn't that uh, bad after all. I was actually able to achieve something here. Whereas St. Patrick remains the same. He, he's still as um, convinced of his inability 
even after he's seen the great work and so he begins to he well he, he realizes and expresses it in his confession which really is not so much a confession of his sins as a confession of God's greatness and God's glory and he wants in in the confessions precisely to repay he says it here uh, at the very beginning the way to make repayment for that revelation of God is to declare and make known his wonders and so he he starts off with an act of faith there is no other God nor has there been nor will there be in the future other than God the Father and his son Jesus Christ whom we testify to have been manifestly with the Father always. He poured out abundantly on us the Holy Spirit. I'm summarizing the, uh, this profession of faith that St. Patrick makes. He poured out abundantly on us the Holy Spirit, the gift and pledge of immortality, who makes of obedient believers sons of God and co-heirs of Christ. And he concludes, we confess and adore him as one God in the Trinity of the Holy Name. So he's really keen just to proclaim God's goodness and to have everybody realise that it is through God's grace, through God's goodness, that he has been able to do all these things. So that's his, that's his first move really in, the, um, in his confessions, to confess the glory of God as he looks back I suppose on his life and sees the fruitfulness sees the results of what he has done coming here to Ireland in his confessions he gives us lots of details as we'll come to later on in this meditation but he, he as he looks back himself he wants to praise God which is a great sign of uh, how close to God he is and how he was working doing all these things with our Lord not on his own not by his own initiative or creativity though I'm sure he had lots of both but really relying on God's help and God's grace the second reading at Mass um, talk is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans uh, chapter 10 and in it St. Paul gives us uh, a kind of a list of what happens uh, when you believe, the effect that it has, how it works. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For man believes with his heart and so is justified, and he confesses with his lips, and so is saved. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, and bestows his riches upon all who call upon him. No distinction between Jew and Greek, Jew and Gentile, because obviously the Irish are from the um, the Gentiles and uh, celebrating the spreading of the gospel the very early spreading of the gospel to 
what seemed at that stage, I suppose, to be the ends of the earth. St. Patrick at one point talks about uh, a place, probably it's in Mayo, where, you know, there is nothing beyond this. Beyond this, there's nothing at all. Uh, and uh, so you, you get a sense that he really feels this is, he's come to the ends of the earth. But the, the main thing here, this, the, as St. Paul is saying, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Being saved. Salvation. St. Patrick is very convinced that he's coming here to Ireland because of our salvation. Um, later on in his confessions he says that when he was much younger he wasn't even bothered about his own salvation when he came here to Ireland as a, as a slave he figures that this was when he was reformed by our Lord as he had those lonely nights watching over the sheep and so on and all kinds of weather that that was when he began to pray and he he allowed himself to be found by by God but previously he, he wasn't even thinking of, of his own salvation and he, he says uh, he puts it as follows I was reformed by the Lord at that time when I arrived in Ireland when I was almost a lost soul and it was a good thing for me to be sent here because I was reformed by the Lord and he prepared me to be today what was once remote from me. So that whereas once I did not even consider my own salvation, now the salvation of others is my care and concern. So he's now, he begins to see things uh, in, in, a, in a different way. Um, He's thinking about other people and their salvation and how he can help them to be saved. And so, and so it happens. He gave me this great boon that through me many heathen should be reborn in God and that afterwards they should be confirmed as Christians so that everywhere clergy should be ordained for a population newly coming to the faith, a population which the Lord redeemed from the ends of the earth, just as he had promised through his prophets. The nations will come to you from the ends of the earth and will say, how empty are the idols which our forefathers erected, and they are of no use. And again, I have placed you as a light among the nations, so that you may bring salvation even to the ends of the earth. So he thanks God for his own faith and his growth in faith and his supernatural outlook, wanting to help, wanting to save his own soul and also to save others. And then he thanks God for the fruitfulness of his mission. At the Last Supper, Jesus spoke a lot about fruitfulness, the fruitfulness of the Christian life, the fruitfulness of the Christian mission. 
You did not choose me, he says to the apostles on that occasion. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And of course we always ask the Father for things in Christ's name. All of our prayers at Mass and at other times, any liturgical prayer I suppose that we ever say, always concludes through Christ our Lord. We ask this or grant this through Christ our Lord. Our longer version through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. And so the Church is sort of teaching us to turn to the Father um, through her liturgy, teaching us in, in a personal way, in our own personal prayer, to turn to the Father as sons and daughters who know that their Father is listening for them, knows what they need, but still likes them to turn to him. And that we should be fruitful. It's almost a, a kind of rule of the Christian life. It works this way. It gives fruit. St. John Chrysostom talks, says, it would be kind of funny if an orange tree didn't give oranges at the end of the year. That's, that's what they do. Well, the Christian life also bears fruit. It's a, it would be as unusual for a Christian not to bear fruit as for a tree not to bear the fruit that is expected uh, from its nature. Of course, our fruit, the fruit that we bear, is fruit in terms of souls, in terms of love for God, in terms of spreading the message of Christ, the light around us. And this happens in all kinds of ways, visible and invisible. Sometimes it can be very obvious and very clear, like in the life of St. Patrick. This was his vocation, to come to Ireland, to preach the gospel, and to be so fruitful in, in the way that he was. In our own vocation, it can be different, and yet the same. It may be a smile, it may be something in our life where we help somebody, or we encourage somebody, or something that we do out of love for God. It's all generating light. It's all fruit. Because the Christian life is, by definition, fruitful. It, it, it is never turned in on itself. It always works its way outwards. It extends. Okay, in the life of St. Patrick, you see that in an almost physical way. The way it's kind of extending and spreading. And he talks about that in his confessions quite a lot. But it always spreads. It always extends, visibly and invisibly. So let's thank God in our prayer that he so often has heard our prayers which we have prayed through Christ, through his Son um, and listened to us and given fruit even if we may not always have seen it in terms of results because fruits are different from results. Results are you know, countable and quantifiable and so on. Fruit is a bit more subtle 
and it's the it's the very life of Christ at work in us. I have set you to go. To go, Saint Patrick went. He went out. He took that risk, and he bore fruit, and that fruit did abide. And we have to pray that it would continue to abide and that it would continue to grow because the Christian life is genuine and it tends to grow. And finally we turn to the Gospel of today's Mass which St. Patrick indeed uh, quotes in his confessions. Going therefore out into the whole world preach the Gospel to all of creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. They who do not believe will be condemned. So they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord worked with them and confirmed the word with signs that followed. And how true this was in St. Patrick's life. The word was confirmed by the signs that, that followed. For anyone to see, they could sense what St. Patrick was doing. It just rang true, the signs that followed it. Sometimes quite miraculous signs, but mostly just ringing true, uh, making sense, helping people to make sense of their lives. The Lord worked with them and confirmed the word with signs that followed. Here we see that our Lord entrusts himself to his church, to the apostles in the first instance, because those words come from Jesus' last um, pre-ascension moments with the um, 11 apostles, entrusting the mission now to, to them before he ascends to be with the Father, having shown them that he truly had risen from the dead in many ways. In the 40 days since Easter. And now he entrusts that message to them. It, you might think, well, surely he should have gone to Jerusalem himself and appeared before all these people who had put him to death or who had shouted for his death and given witness made it clear that they had failed that he had conquered death and sin and everything that takes us away from God but no Jesus entrusts this message to the apostles to the church to all of us he entrusts himself really to his church which is his body and lives in her and gives her the graces that uh, that she needs to proclaim the to bear witness to the resurrection by our lives and our words that Christ is alive he has entrusted that good news to us and of course I suppose the best way we can Put this good news into practice is to live by it ourselves because this is what really cuts ice with people 
when, when they see people are living by that message. Uh, words are fine, but uh, lives are even more eloquent than, than words can be. Uh, they help people to say, yeah, it, it works. Uh, that person's life, that person's happiness, that person's courage, or whatever it may be, different times, different virtues are, are called for uh, from us. And, and that's what really helps people, helps us in the first case, in the first place, of course, uh, when we see, you know, sense the grace of God, as St. Patrick did, at work in our lives, it, it helps us in the first place. And then, hopefully, this spreads out to, to other people. So our Lord, the grace of God enables us to live uh, a life of faith. And this is what happened in Ireland, obviously. Um, I mean, there are lots and lots of legends about St. Patrick lots and lots of stories but about the how how it spread and how uh, how the, the faith spread here and um, so much so that there are theories that there might have been two St. Patrick's or maybe even three because how could one man have done so much but whatever about the legends and whatever about the theories it's really clear that Christianity flourished and made people flourish here in Ireland even artistically, you can see the way that the, um, the art and the creativity which the faith drew out of the, the early church in Ireland. We have some artefacts still, the Book of Kells, the Arda Chalice, the, the sense that you know, the best had to be uh, created for, for God. This really rings out from those uh, few um, relics we have of the early uh, church in action, worshipping God, worshipping, proclaiming the word of God from those beautiful gospel books, etc. The, Pope Benedict in his uh, post-synodal exhortation after the Synod on the Blessed Eucharist talks about this, how art and creativity flourish in, under the... Um, the inspiration of faith because whether it's uh, architects of gothic cathedrals or uh, composers of great music um, or artists uh, in oils or sculpture or whatever it may be the, it, the faith seems to just make their uh, creativity expand even more and uh, their ability to reflect beauty in all those different ways, in all those different idioms. And that happened here in Ireland too. The native kind of genius was, wasn't uh, thwarted, but quite the opposite, was helped to flourish uh, by the faith. So uh, this also has to happen in, in our own lives as well, because uh, there's nothing that can help us to flourish more than thy will be done. Mm. Thy kingdom come, hallowed be thy name. If we want, if we try to give glory to God in and through the things that we do, our ordinary life, our work, our attempts to uh, treat people well and um, do what we can for those around us. 
that this is a way in which we as human beings flourish um, because that's what God wants he made us in his own image and likeness and he saw that this was very good so he, he wants us to flourish he wants us to be who we truly are and that you can see that in a kind of a way in an emblematic way happening in this country as reported by St. Patrick in his confessions and another aspect of this, I suppose, is the way that the faith that he brought to Ireland was so evangelising. And after, you know, a hundred years or so, you find that they, Ireland isn't big enough. And, and uh, so many missionaries set off and have continued to do so uh, ever since to Europe and then eventually to other continents as well. There's a sort of an, an, an an evangelizing instinct was part of the faith which St. Patrick brought to us. Well, it's part of the faith anyway. St. Patrick brought us the fullness of the faith, and so naturally it included that Pentecost uh, in it, that fruitfulness in it. In my life, could it flourish even more? Could it impress that style on the things that I do? more than it does could a you know more charitable approach more affirming more optimistic more courageous and of course the answer is yes it definitely could and um, we would ask we would love that it should be even more flourish even more and help us to uh, to give fruit to give light to reflect what we have received to to the whole world and, um, and it's a great, it's a very healthy desire and a healthy wish to have and to nourish in our hearts that we would be able to be more fruitful, that the faith would really uh, impress itself on everything that we do. And there is a, a way of making sure that this happens. There's a clue to it, given by the fact that, according to most um, historians. St. Patrick arrived here the year 432. And the previous year, 431, there was a council held in Ephesus. The council which officially affirmed that Our Lady is the Mother of God. Theotokos, which was the phrase which some people had put in doubt. And the council said, no doubt, Mary truly is the mother of Jesus, the mother of God, the second person of the Blessed Trinity made flesh in her chaste womb. But even before that council, there was already a well-known prayer, perhaps 200 years before and we could finish our prayer perhaps with that prayer in our in our minds we fly to your patronage O Holy Mother of God despise not our prayers in our necessities but deliver us from all dangers O ever glorious and blessed Virgin 
I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.